section eighteen of the mysteries of london volume three this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. the mysteries of london volume three by george w m reynolds the lovers it was noon and lady hatfield sat alone in her drawing-room she felt herself so much better and dr lascelles had that morning so earnestly recommended her to quit the bedchamber and seek the change of scene which even a removal from one apartment to another ever affords especially to an invalid that she had not hesitated to follow her own inclination and his advice both of which were fully of accord her uncle sir ralph walsingham was announced shortly after lady hatfield had descended to the drawing-room my dear georgiana exclaimed the honest and kind-hearted man as he entered the apartment i am delighted to find you here but why are you alone where is miss mordaunt in the parlour below replied lady hatfield julia has a visitor she added with an arch smile in spite of the melancholy which still oppressed her mind a visitor ejaculated the baronet sir christopher blunt i'll be bound you have guessed rightly my dear uncle but how how should i know anything about it interrupted sir ralph surely georgiana you must be too well acquainted with your friend's disposition to suppose that she could have possibly held her tongue relative to the presumed attachment of the worthy knight why all the time she was at the manor did she not absolutely hurl sir christopher's name at every soul whom she could engage in conversation was it not sir christopher had told her this last season and sir christopher had assured her of that and did she not go much farther than merely to hint that sir christopher was dying for her for my part i was sick of sir christopher's name but now i suppose he has come to lay his title and fortune at her feet as the newspapers say or else what could possibly signify a visit at so unseemly an hour as midday it will be an excellent match for julia remarked georgiana by way of saying something she is not one of those who believe that marriage should be only a convention of hearts and not of worldly interests and as lady hatfield made this observation a profound sigh escaped her bosom what means that sigh niece demanded the baronet are you envious of miss mordaunt's worldly-mindedness i am convinced you are not by the way i met lord ellingham last evening his lordship left his card said lady hatfield casting down her eyes while her bosom again rose and fell with a long and painfully drawn sigh georgiana exclaimed sir ralph seating himself by the side of his niece and taking her hand in a kind manner your conduct towards that young earl is not just is not generous is not rational oh my dear uncle cried lady hatfield starting wildly for heaven's sake renew not the discussion of last evening pardon me my dear niece said sir ralph affectionately but 
firmly if i give you pain by referring to the topic of that discussion i am your nearest relation i am a widower and childless you know that my property is extensive and my fond hope has ever been since the death of your aunt lady walsingham that you would marry and that your children should inherit those estates and that fortune which i can bequeath to whomsoever i will but you refuse to accept the hand of a man who is every way worthy of you you reject an alliance which in every human probability would be blessed by a progeny to whom my wealth and yours may alike descend nay interrupt me not dear georgiana i am old enough to be your father i love you as if you were my daughter and i have your welfare deeply at heart to speak frankly i had a long conversation last evening with lord ellingham georgiana's attention was for an instant broken by a wild start of despair my god what signifies this grief georgiana asked her uncle i thought to give you pleasure by the assurance i was about to disclose an assurance which conveys to you the unalterable fidelity of the earl's affection his readiness to bury in oblivion any little whim or caprice which induced you to subject him to the humiliation of a refusal the other day his determination to study your happiness so entirely that any cloud of melancholy or unknown and unfounded presentiment any morbid feeling in a word which hangs upon your mind shall speedily be dissipated such are his generous intentions such are his tender aspirations georgiana can you reject his suit again this appeal made to the unhappy lady by an individual who though only related to her by the fact of having married her mother's sister had still ever manifested towards her the sincerest affection and friendship this appeal we say came with such overwhelming force upon the mind of georgiana that she knew not how to answer it you consent georgiana you consent exclaimed sir ralph entirely mistaking the cause of her profound silence and starting up he rushed from the room before her lips could give utterance to a syllable that might have the effect of stopping him merciful god what does he mean to do cried georgiana clasping her hands together while a species of spasmodic shuddering came over her entire frame hasty footsteps approached the door wildly did the unhappy lady glance around her with the terrified and imploring air of one whom the officers of justice were about to fetch to the scaffold the door flew open georgiana averted her eyes but at the next moment her hands were grasped in those of another and warm lips were pressed upon each fair hand of hers and for a single instant there streamed through her whole being the electric warmth of ineffable delight hope and love she sank back upon the sofa whence she had risen her eyes which for a moment had seemed to lose the faculty of sight were involuntarily turned toward the earl of ellingham 
who was kneeling at her feet and simultaneously her uncle's voice sounding like the knell of destiny upon her ears exclaimed i told you she had consented ellingham be happy for georgiana is yours the door of the apartment was then closed hastily and lady hatfield now knew that she was alone with her lover oh my dearest georgiana murmured arthur still pressing the lady's hands in his own how happy have you at length made me and how can i ever express the joy which animates me at this moment my heart dances wildly with joy and gratitude and all the anguish which i have lately experienced is forgotten as if it never had been indeed my beloved one it is for me to implore your pardon for i should not have remained absent from you so long but now that we are reunited and your indisposition has passed now that your mind has recovered its naturally healthy tone there is nothing my georgiana to interrupt the free course of our felicity lady hatfield was seized with a certain involuntary horror which completely stupefied her as these impassioned exclamations fell upon her ears and vainly vainly did she endeavour to reply arthur rose and seating himself by her side on the sofa passed his arm around her slender waist and drawing her gently towards him said in a subdued tone from this day forth beloved georgiana you must have no secrets unknown to me confide in me as your best and sincerest friend and the tenderest sympathy shall flow from my heart to solace you in those moments of melancholy which no mortal however prosperously placed can hope altogether to avoid in the society of a husband who will never cease to love you whose constant care shall be to ensure your felicity and whose unwearied attention shall be devoted to the promotion of your happiness your life will be spent in an atmosphere into which a cloud shall seldom intrude oh what pictures of perfect bliss present themselves to my imagination the enamoured nobleman pressed the fair one closer to his breast as he thus poured forth his soul with all the ardour of his sincere and devoted love and she in spite of herself bewildered stupefied intoxicated as she was by the suddenness with which this scene had been brought about she gazed with mingled rapture and surprise upon that handsome countenance which the glow of inward passion and ineffable joy now rendered still more expressive she felt as if the hysterical shrieks which for some moments past had threatened to burst from her lips were subdued stifled by some unknown power whose influence was strangely sweet and consoling her soul almost sickened in the bliss of that love by which she was surrounded and to which her woman's heart could not do otherwise than respond then again she felt as if she must start from his arms reject his love dash down that chalice of honeyed happiness from which they both were drinking deep draughts and proclaim to him that it was all a hideous mistake that she had never consented to receive him as her husband that her uncle had committed a fearful error and that they must separate never never again to meet 
but at the very moment when she was about to do all this arthur drew her nearer to him his breath sweet as that of flowers fell on her burning cheek his hand pressed hers she found herself linked to him in heart by a spell which no mortal courage could at such a moment have broken then she caught herself looking into his fine eyes and reading the thrilling language of love that was written there and in another moment their lips met in one long and delicious kiss sweet georgiana i adore you murmured arthur his glances speaking more eloquently than his words and now there breathes not a happier man on the earth's wide surface than i say georgiana say does not that happiness which i myself experience impart pleasure to you could you now do aught to torture my soul again with the agony of suspense with the despair of baffled hope believe me my dearest angel that if destiny in its malignant spite were now to separate us if to-morrow i came and found you gone or here but cold and altered in a word if any impediment were to arise to the accomplishment of our union i should not survive the blow as a distracted maniac should i be borne to a mad cell or if my reason were left me my grave would be stained with a suicide's blood georgiana was appalled by this terrible announcement and in the agony of feeling which it excited within her she cast a glance of profound tenderness upon the earl unwittingly pressing his hand at the same time oh now i know that you entertain the same sentiments as myself he cried mistaking those convulsive movements on her part for the tender evidences of love now i know that your heart beats in unison with mine oh thrice happy day the happiest that i ever yet have known and happier does it seem too because it has dissipated so much previous anxiety healed so much acutely felt pain yes dearest georgiana i am almost glad that you rejected my suit the other day for the wretched feelings of the interval have by contrast made the present moment indescribably sweet and shall i tell you my beloved one that i am now acquainted with the nature of that secret that secret cried georgiana with a cold shudder which ellingham did not perceive for at the moment he pressed her fondly towards him yes dearest he continued i know all the power which that secret influence must occasionally have over you and believe me when i declare that instead of being any longer annoyed at the fact of that circumstance having induced you to refuse my hand the other day i deeply sympathize with you and if i now allude to that event that incident which years ago at your late father's country residence in hampshire a short convulsive sob burst from georgiana's breast oh pardon me pardon me beloved one cried the earl again imprinting a kiss upon her lips i know that i was wrong to allude to an event which you can never entirely forget but if i mentioned it ere now it was for the first and the last time and merely to convince you that he whom you will soon receive as your husband is aware of that secret influence which holds us sway over your mind and that he implores you to forget it to abandon yourself only to the thoughts of that happiness which our love and our brilliant social position must ensure us 
and now my dearest georgiana no more on that head never again let the topic enter into our discourse never let us allude to it even by a single syllable oh generous excellent-hearted noble-minded man exclaimed georgiana and is your love for me indeed so strong as this can you doubt it dearest said the earl if so tell me how i can prove its sincerity have you not given me a proof the most convincing that man can give to woman asked lady hatfield concealing her blushing countenance on arthur's breast are you not content to receive as your wife one who no more no more exclaimed the earl tenderly hushing her words with kisses have we not agreed never again to allude to that topic but one word arthur said georgiana only one word who could have acquainted you your uncle dearest answered lord ellingham that excellent man who has been mainly instrumental in procuring me the happiness which i now enjoy my uncle murmured lady hatfield her soul subdued with astonishment of the most overwhelming nature but the earl's ears caught not the repetition of his answer neither did he notice the effect which it produced upon georgiana for her head was pillowed upon his breast his hand clasped hers her fine form leant against him and he had no thought save of the pure but intoxicating happiness which he now enjoyed o oh, love thou art the sweetest charm of life the dearest solace in this sphere of trial and vicissitude the sentiment that shining on us as a star adds the most refulgent brightness to our lot ambition never imparted consolation to the breaking spirit and places no curb on the wild passions and insatiable vices which too often dominate the human heart wealth makes its possessor envied but also encourages the daring of the robber or sharpens the knife of the murderer who seeks to grasp it honours engender hatred in the breasts of those who once were friends pleasure is bought by gold and must be paid for over and over again by the health genius is a consuming fire like the spur to the gallant steed it urges its votary on but draws the life-blood in the act glory is the eruption of the volcano bright majestic and resplendent to gaze upon yet bearing death in its halo but thou o love art the star which beams brighter as the gloom of this cold and selfish world becomes darker thou art the sunshine of the soul teaching man to emulate the gentleness the resignation and the holy devotion of woman and raising woman but one remove from the nature of angels End of section eighteen